Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. And that leaves us a serious case of wondering what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to dig into the games that my guests and I enjoy playing, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Now, I have had a lot of requests recently for bolt action content, and we have been providing that on the other podcast on this network that I host, the Warlord Games Official Podcast. We talk to the gentleman behind... Uh, the big international bolt action event coming up in the UK. And we also, the wow event that warlord is also co-sponsoring. We also talked to the author of the case blue campaign book, which was awesome. If you have not had a chance to listen to those episodes, I highly recommend both of them, but we have had a request to talk about local bolt action. In fact, so local it is Melbourne because coming up is one of Melbourne's big bolt action events for the year, Operation Bear. Now, traditionally, Operation Bear is tournament organized by myself. Hi, my name is Brad and Lee, um, who is also doing it with me again this year. Uh, but joining me today to talk about the player pack for Operation Bear and how one might prepare for it is another one of the players from the event and a good friend of the show and a good friend in real life, our buddy Dave Hunsdale. Dave, welcome back to Cast Ice. How you doing, man? I'm good, Brad. Thank you for having me back. I'm keen to talk about some bolt action and, uh, and, and maybe fire some questions back at you because as a tournament organizer, you obviously um, are going to have some some uh, good insights into what would be a good list or a good way to play bolt action, um, particularly some of the new missions you've come up with recently. So I'm definitely keen to chat to you about that. Brilliant, man. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, it's, it's a strange day when people ask me questions on my own show, but I am always uh, game and uh, I'm sure we can talk shop, so to speak. Um, but to start with, uh, Dave, let's talk about what Operation Bear is. Uh, in we every year operation bear does something a little different last year we tried a two-day event and there was very mixed feedback some people said yes please give us more two-day events but a lot of people said look two days was actually really hard can operation bear go back to being one day so we have put operation bear back to being one day and that day happens to be Sunday, October 29th, 2023. It is a three game event. It is 1,038 points. We always try to change up the point value a little bit, forcing players to do something a little different. And it's designed to be a universally accessible bolt action event. Now, what that means is it's not necessarily competitive. It is not necessarily beginner friendly. We would like this to be an event that suits all players. Now, I know that that is hard. I realize that and that makes things a little tricky because competitive players have already turned in some competitive lists. Narrative players have already turned in themed lists or lists that they've created based on the models that they have. Helping us to level the field a bit 
Operation Bear is actually using a number of restrictions this year to limit some of the spikes, so to speak, of some of the more aggressive lists. And so far, having seen more than three quarters of the list, I think we have 80% of the lists in for this event at the moment. I am really happy to say that I think we have found a nice even level. I don't think any of the lists that we've had so far have been particularly rough. And unlike last time, where unfortunately we had to ask a number of players to resubmit their army list because they were perhaps not in the in the the spirit of the event. We've only had one resub this year, and it was easily resubbed, and that player is happily ready to go. So, Dave, there were quite a few restrictions for this event. Before we dive into them, what were your general thoughts as far as a player who then sees a big list of restrictions? Yeah, listen, I think um, I probably come from a really interesting spot where I've only been playing bold action uh, in terms of events for for um, the last sort of 12 months. And it's been your events that I've primarily gone to. Um, so last year, whenever it was a two-day event, I was probably one of the people that enjoyed the two days because mm-hmm. um, I was very freshly motivated and, and, and uh, enjoying the scene and really uh, keen to, to test out my army lists and my, my gaming ability against others. Um, but I can see why two days can be a little bit um, long for, for some people because uh, you're obviously committing an entire weekend as opposed to just one day um, to do things. But in terms of, of list building, I mean, if, you, if you're getting into bold action, you will have no doubt bought, bought, bought a starter pack. So you, you're kind of looking at those models um, and based on some of the ar- army books that you have, you may be able to tinker a little bit with those to kind of make them a bit more spicy than what you, you first um, you know, put on the table. And so there is options there even with those starter packs or it's easy to pick up some, uh, you know, a few extra units or a few extra um, you know, models to, to beef that, that uh, unit up. But when when a when a tournament has very clear instructions, which I think you know your, yours definitely does, and I think that sort of um, highlights uh, that you are someone who's been around this particular game system for for a long time. You you know what works and you know what doesn't work. But as a player, whether you're new or not, to go in and say, all right, this is exactly what my army can and cannot have, it does actually make it. Um, easier um, to, to actually come up with a list in many respects because um, you, you, you're literally being guided through what, what you can and can't have in those armies. So um, yes, it, some people will look at it and think it's restrictive, um, but I, I, w- I would say the vast majority of people will see it as a bit of a, a challenge, something to get excited about, and also mm. a very clear set of instructions as to what they have to do. Nice. Well, that was the that was the intent. We did run the Megatron 3000 format down here as Megatron Down Under earlier this year. And when we did that, it was only theater selectors from the theater or campaign books. You couldn't have the uh, generic reinforced platoons. You couldn't have theater selector lists from the armies of books. It was really uh, in a moment in an event to encourage players to try and take themed list based on all of the theater selectors from those books. And we got some fantastically diverse army lists that really didn't look like anything else that we'd seen on the tabletop before. But some of the beginner players or younger players in the game found it confusing. Some of them didn't have the the campaign book that matched the army that they wanted to play. And yes, a lot of people went out and bought the books, 
that's great. And they, you know, really enjoyed playing. Um, but we did get a couple requests saying, could the next event be generic reinforced platoons? So Operation Bear yeah. is, um, it is a single reinforced platoon for this event. It is 1,038 points. You cannot use armored platoons or tank war platoons in this event. Armies, as I said, can only be a single reinforced platoon, and they can have a maximum of one flamethrower per army. This can be man-packed or vehicular. There is a maximum of three soft-skin transports, trucks, jeeps, etc., per army. We had a lot of people complaining about uh, truck spam, particularly those trucks with medium machine guns, and this is to cut down on that. Maximum six Panzerfaust per army, a maximum of two units of cavalry per army, and that's with or without horses. Uh, no army may have more than one free unit. So, for example, if you're playing the French and you happen to get a free artillery piece, you can't then buy two inexperienced or three inexperienced squads, whatever the rule is, and get another one free. You only get one free unit per army. Uh, British players cannot double up on national rules. Um, and so, you know, Indian players don't get the free 10-man squad and don't get the free artillery observer if they're trying to combine those rules from the Western Desert book. One free unit, please, maximum. Uh, speaking of Commonwealth players, they can only use the national characteristic, one national characteristic per army. The army must use the characteristic attached to the most units. Any units using alternative national rules are considered to have no national characteristics or no national rules for this event. Um, that is straight out of the CanCon player pack. Um, we thought that was a great idea, and so we are using that as well. Uh, Commonwealth players may only choose one of their national characteristics from the Western Desert book. Again, that's just doubling down on that. Uh, there are no optional rules for this event, so no warplanes, um, no cameramen, none of that business. Um, there are no naval observers, no Alpharong groups, no shirts and squads, no artillery observer, super heavy qualified, uh, mic target, or special characters. Maximum of one unit of Gurkhas of any kind per army. So if you have one unit of Gurkhas, you could not have another unit of Gurkha paratroopers, for example, and a maximum of two bamboo spear fighter units per army. Soviet players may include a maximum of one and only one Lend-Lease vehicle per army. And there's a couple of additional little rules in there that we'll talk about in a sec. But Dave, right off the bat, now that you've heard all of those restrictions, you said that was useful as someone who is quote unquote beginning in this game, even though you've been playing games for a very long time and you're a very good player. Did any of those restrictions jump out at you or did they all make sense? Yeah, they, they all made sense. Uh, for me, I just had, uh, you know, the, the sad reality that um, the, the three um, Jeeps that I like to bring with my British paratroopers for, for pretty much every um, every tournament, I was not going to be able to bring them for this one. So I had to, I had to go back to the drawing board and come up with, um, with a new plan. Um, and I've decided uh, to take um, a, a Vickers um, tank 
um, instead um, for the the first time in, into one of these um, one of these tournaments. So that was probably the, the the biggest change for me is is going away from what I I know um, how to play and just slightly changing that. Um, I've still stuck with my um, my veteran um, British paratroopers, but um, the, having that different vehicle type around is is going to is going to give me something new to sort of play around with, which which I'm excited about. But the, the rest of the restrictions. Obviously, I'm looking at it from a, a very um, British point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be um, you know people out there, especially the Soviet players, having that um, kind of restriction on what they can do, and also um, the, the other Commonwealth players and and the, and the units that they they can't um, employ in their armies will will probably make them have to to think and and, and go back to the drawing board themselves to come up with something that's um, that that's that's going to work for them. But that that's for for me that is that's enjoyable. It's 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 nearly the same way. Um, that I know you like to to do a, a random points value at different mm-hmm. tournaments. This is this is the same thing. It's it's some it's a it's a slightly different twist on things that makes you think, that makes you tweak, that makes you try to um, you know hone your your skills and, and understand your army that little bit more. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of it, and, it, and it's something I enjoy whenever you you sign up to these events to try and do something that little bit different to the event as well. Nice. I'm I'm glad it came off that way. Let's also talk about the additional rules. We have Turret Jam will not be used at this event. Um, we found that most people weren't using it anyway, so we're officially just saying it for consistency's sake. We're not using it. Now, Tiger Fear for this event will be used as written in its original form in the Armies of Germany second edition book. This is the this is not what it says on the most recent FAQ, and this is the only time we will not be using rules from the official bolt action FAQ. However, Panzer IV tanks do not get the Tiger Fear rule at this event. Panthers do, Tigers do, things like that do. However, Panzer IV does not. Uh, another slight change is that light machine guns cost 10 points at this event rather than 20 points, and German and U.S. half-tracks cost 10 points less as they are listed in their original army list. This applies to any army list um, that use those, like the Free French, for example, that use profiles from the Armies of the United States book. Their half-tracks are 10 points less as well. Now, Dave, some of those, as someone who's relatively new to the bolt action scene, some of those would be new for you, and some of them maybe not so much. Were those surprising, and did those change the way that you approach listening for this event? Yeah, the um, the, the tiger fear is something I've actually um, ne- never come up against in, in any of the games that I've played. But you know, as, as we know, I haven't played a massive amount of games, um, so. I, I guess this this event is um, I'm, I may maybe face that in some way, but the the most um, significant one for me was the change in the the, the cost of the um, the LMGs mm. um, because I've given each of my um, British uh, paratroopers um, an LMG in the um, the unit, and um, I've got five five units, so that's five LMGs, so that's fifty points extra that I have to play with. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of them, so instead of them being twenty points, they're, they're now ten. So fifty points all up. 
to to get you know that's a that's a, a another sniper or it's a, or sorry it's a sniper or it's a, or or it's another um standalone um unit or it could be um you know more men in the in the units it could be a, there's a lot of different ways you go with that so that for me was was the most significant one and I I'm pretty confident in saying that's going to be the most significant change for other players who are getting prepared for this this event and. I know just from the general chit chat amongst different uh, groups um, with bold action, the cost of LMGs has always um, seen, seemed to be a little bit of a uh, a bone of contention for for some people. So mm-hmm. um, to see an active change happening, um, that's that's been really good, um, and, and maybe that that will uh, be a, a points value that is um, more uh, relevant to what those um, units can actually do on the on the game table. Um, and I think I think other people will will, will uh, would probably um, enjoy that that change. Um, as well have you had much feedback from any of the players on 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 that particular rule i have had literally no feedback from anyone however i have seen Mm. a huge number of lmgs in people's army list (laughs) so uh proof is in the pudding just about every army list i've seen has at least three which is significantly more than you would normally see in uh, a bolt action event uh, where people are running lists that aren't totally historically matched. Because if you think about it, right, what do we think of when you think of World War II? A lot of people think, you know, tiger tanks or half tracks of some variety and lots of squads running around with a machine gun or, you know, medium machine guns floating around somewhere. Now, I know that other people have approached how those play out on the tabletop, either by adding additional pins or by changing how many dice or by changing the cost. Um, I just went really old school. As I discussed on a recent episode of Tabletop Tommy's podcast, where we were talking about the Bolt Action Alliance 2023 mission pack, where we talked about way back when, when Bolt Action version one was wrapping up, the boltaction.net group got together and put together a, a small list of rule changes that they thought the game should have that would um, make it more playable or more fun on the tabletop, or in some cases, more fair. Now, some of those rules were picked up and run with by a lot of players and or event coordinators across the world, which was amazing to see. And some of those rules made them made themselves into Bolt Action version two. However, um, a couple of them didn't, and a couple of them were ones that some people thought were very popular. One of those being light machine guns should be 10 points uh, because you still need to have the loader. They still have all the rules that they used to have. And the other one is that, um, yeah, just to make half tracks a little bit better so that or a little bit cheaper in this case so that people might be tempted to take them now i have to say i haven't seen a ton of half tracks but as i said i have seen quite a few light machine guns added to people's army list for this event and uh you know it like you said before like the changing of the point cost it is going to cause a, a ripple effect into how people list for this event Now, I'm not going to say if anyone has Tiger Fear at this point and what that might look like, because I don't want to give anything away prior to the event if someone is um, planning on that being a strategy. But we did want to do something a little different, and um, we're already getting different. So this should be fun. 
Yeah, um, I think uh, that you know, that that's it. It's just you don't know what to expect at a, at a tournament. Obviously, as TU, you get to have a little bit of a, an insight into that. But as a player, one of the most exciting bits is seeing what you're going to come up against on the day and trying to plan for a list that's going to be able to to cope with um, those various different lists that are going to are going to be on the table against you. Um, it did make me think, um, Brad. What, you know, these are these are obviously some changes that you've put into to place. Can you see any additional changes being made by you as a tournament organizer in, in the coming tournaments that you organize? Can you think of any more that you would you would possibly trial out at, at an event? Oh, that's a, that is a good question. Uh, we always try and do things slightly differently. I usually don't try and change too many things rules-wise for an event. This is a big departure for me. I don't think I've done anything like this since the very end of version one when the right. community really said, could you use the .NET format? Because I was very hesitant to do so. I'm a rules as written kind of guy. My natural inclination is to change the mission and to change the point values for the event and allow things to run as written. In that vein, uh, moving forward after this event, I would probably start writing new missions again for possibly another Bolt Action Alliance mission pack in the future. Uh, however, for this event, as the 2023 pack has just come out, to celebrate that, Operation Bear will be using three missions, or at least two of the missions from that pack, and a kill point style mission to balance out the objective grabs. Because, spoilers, all of the missions in the 2023 pack are all objective based. Uh, if you look at the six missions, not the three additional ones. And as said in the player pack, one of those missions will be either meeting engagement or a variation thereof. So if you are used to playing that mission, you will not be surprised with what you see on the tabletop. Yes, there will probably be some tweaks because a lot of these missions are written to speed play up a little bit. I got a very eloquently e uh, worded email from a player talking about round times for bolt action events. And it really did hit a chord for me because a lot of the missions in the 2023 mission pack have been written to get the pregame sequence as short as possible and to get units and armies on the table and players playing and getting into the guts of the game as quickly as possible so that you are able to have, you know, an, a quick, fun, game of bolt action because it's still going to take hours but if you can shorten the pre-game part of the game and you get everything on the table and you get to playing you are more likely to get a a you'll you're going to have more fun because you're going to be playing the game that we know and love but also b you're going to get a clear indicator of who is actually going to win that game so with that I would possibly tighten up meeting engagement to streamline it a little bit to get people playing and get the game on because one of the secondary objectives for this event is for if both players can get through five full turns of their game, yeah, both players get a bonus point. So we are really doing everything we can to encourage players to get as much of their game done as possible in the time that's allotted which is difficult at times yeah there's there's 
there's also nothing as slow as the very first, the very first setup mm-hmm. of the very first game of a tournament. Whenever you've got when you've got some uh, you know maybe a little little bit of sleep still in your eyes, you might not have played bolt action that that recently before the 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 event starts, and then you just that 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 first game is always a bit of a slow start. So anything that speeds up the ease in which you can get your dudes on the the uh, the table and start playing the the game is is always a good thing. Amen to that. There's not enough coffee for that first turn. (laughs) (laughs) But while I'm talking about the secondary objectives, so the way scoring at this event works is when you play uh, a game, the winner will get 15 tournament points. If you draw, each person will get 10 tournament points. And the person who comes second or who loses will get five tournament points. Now, for each game, there will be five additional secondary points that you can score. So you get plus one point if your lieutenant is alive at the end of the game. If you have, uh, if your army has at least half of its order dice at the end of the game, you would get another victory point. Sorry, another tournament point. Did you destroy more than half of your opponent's order dice? Then you get another point. Do you have two or more units completely in your opponent's half of the table at the end of the game? Again, that's another tournament point. And did you finish at least five full turns of your game? Again, another point. Uh, So there's a lot of different ways for players to score. So even though you might lose the game, you might earn as many points as a draw or almost as many points as a draw. And I have seen that many times using this scoring system. So I think it really does encourage players to keep playing to get those victory points even if they are behind even if they're ahead it gives players additional goals to shoot for on the tabletop and that can keep the game interesting keep it fun and keep people engaged yeah what 100% it has because um as you hit the nail on the head it gives you a reason to keep on on playing because um, it's very possible that you will have exactly the same results as somebody else um, at the event. So the only differentiation is how well have you performed during your actual game compared to those those other players. Um, and I know that uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if, there, if you're getting a point for keeping your l- lieutenant alive, then you're going to be keeping him at the back of the <laughs> at the back of the uh, the table, trying to keep him concealed or, or hidden. You know, if you're um, if you're going to get a point for having you know two or more units in your opponent's half, you're going to be trying to position yourself in a way that you can make a last turn, um, you know, sort of run across the uh, the, the border uh, into that half. And if there's a way of you preventing your opponent getting that point for destroying half of your units, then again, you're just going to be you're going to be a little less gung ho, and you're going to be a little bit more calculated and and strategic about how you play the game. And that's ultimately what you really want to try and um, provide an environment where a player can learn to play strategically because the points are there to entice them into playing that way rather than just, you know, rolling your dice and hoping for the best. This makes you think about how can I score points? How can I still have a a good game um, and, and get the most out of it? So yeah, big fan. Shall we talk about what listing might look like for this event? Um, because we have had several requests for people to talk about what could a typical list for this event look like? Now, I had our mutual friend Mark over yeah. on the weekend, um, and he and I pulled out two Operation Bear lists, lists that could be played on the day. 
Um, I obviously am a tournament organizer and I won't be playing unless we have a Gumby. If we have an odd number of players, Lee and I will take turns playing those people along the way. However, uh, Mark is unable to play, but he really wanted to try the format. So he was my guinea pig and we pulled out one of the missions from the Bolt Action Alliance mission pack. I'm not saying that's the one for the event, ladies and gentlemen. We were just playing a mission using armies, using the, the rules. And as it was also in the run-up for Case Blue and my discussion with the Case Blue author, we played Germany versus the Soviet Union battling over an Eastern Front town. It was a fantastic game, but I brought the Germans. I asked Mark specifically what he had not played recently, um, and he wanted to play against Germans, and he said he had very rarely played all regular armies. So I brought an entirely regular force. So this fits the criteria for Operation Bear. It is five units of nine German soldiers. Uh, three of those have one SMG and a light machine gun. Um, there are then two additional units that have four SMGs and a Panzerfaust. There was a flamethrower. There was a second lieutenant with a friend. There was a, a medium mortar. There was a light machine gun team. There was a sniper. There was a multi-air with a medium machine gun. A multi-air, of course, is a tracked truck. And I had the old Stug, uh, the long barrel heavy AT gun Stug that everyone says is inefficient and yet was a complete bully in that game. I love a Stug. Uh, hashtag Stug life. But that fit the criteria for the event. I believe it was 12 dice. And uh, I had a wonderful time playing that army against Mark's uh, mixed veterancy Soviets. And that is a list. It has some tools in the form of flamethrowers, snipers, squads that had LMGs to reach out, the cheaper LMGs. They also had some squads with some assault weapons for hitting at you know, close range. You know, a transport to get around, um, a tank to push things. And I was firing the gun on the Stug as either the heavy AT gun against armored assets. But more often than I was firing it as a light howitzer and bullying his infantry. Uh, and we played a mission that had three objectives across the table. Uh, one of them was a double up. So it was technically four objectives for that mission. And I happened to take the double objective in one of the other ones, but it was, <laughs> oh man, I thought he had had me pantsed in turn two and I was clawing my way back uh, quite a lot. And I have to say there were some wonderful, you know, wonderful bolt action happens moments along the way. Uh, but that force gave me the tools I needed to play that game and to have a good one. And that's the kind of thing we're looking for for this event. Now, are there lists that are perhaps a little bit more meta-chasing at this event? Yes, there are. Are there more thematic, historically-themed lists coming to this event? Yes, there are. But th I thought that was a nice middle ground, possibly a little bit on the softer, fluffier side, but it definitely can give you an idea of what listing could look like. Um, Dave, what about you? You are bringing your list. Um, are you comfortable sharing it with us? 
Yeah, I've, I've obviously um, I've given a, a few heavy hints as to what's going to be in, in my list so far. I will just um, slightly go back to a point that you raised earlier on there, um, Brad, when you said about how you were able to claw back and having played you a number of times in bolt action, you do have an uncanny ability of uh, making the other person think that they could be on for a win and then suddenly out of nowhere producing some strategic tactical genius move that, uh, that somehow gives you the game. And then, you know, we, we all go home afterwards going, how did, how did that happen? So, um, touche, Brad, you, you've done it yet again. Um, and I, 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 sorry. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's, it's something that I, I think we, we, we should talk about after this is what kind of strategies would, do you think um, a new player can employ? You know, what kind of you know, small things to think about during the game do you think would be good strategies for, for new players? That, that's something that you should definitely talk about um, whenever, whenever I've gone through my, my list. But um, yeah, the list that I've gone for is um, I, am, I am a little bit boring in that I'm trying to keep the same core uh, mechanics to my army every time I go to a tournament because it means that um, I feel a lot more comfortable um, playing and I feel um, like I know what I'm, I'm doing and also my opponent isn't being held back by me not really having a full understanding of what I've put on the table so the only um, changes that I've made is the introduction of the uh, the Vickers um, tank light tank with uh, two machine guns and that's kind of taken the place of what I have taken previously, which is um, three um, uh, three jeeps, uh, three paratrooper uh, jeeps with with recce. So I'm keen to see how that works. I've then got five uh, eight man um, paratrooper mm -hmm. veteran paratrooper squads, um, and they all have an LNG, and uh, they've got a um, they've got a NCO with a, a submachine gun in there as well. So I've got that that core group of guys that are going to be difficult to shift off objectives. I've also taken the um, British um, special or the national rule um, of the additional shot for every three rifles that's in the squad. Um, so that kind of gives me um, that kind of feeling that I'm that I'm shooting with a bigger squad than what I actually have uh, and giving my opponent mm -hmm. something to think about. I've got a few sort of things in there to... Um, I, actually, I need to double check. I can't remember if I've given them the Kank Hunter. I wanted to give them um, a few of the squads that that ability just to scare off some of um, some of the players who may have tanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring bring up my list um, after you uh, after I've finished here and see if I've got anything else extra in there that I've forgotten about. But yeah, just trying to keep the core simple, keep it veteran because I, I, it's just it, I find it a lot easier to play with lesser lesser models but making the veteran and then something new in there in the vicar's tank with the machine gun to, to make up for my, my my lost jeeps in this 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 event yeah i mean moving away from more mobile soft skin recce spam so to speak and moving to something that has a little bit of a, a chin to it um that's going to be interesting for you have, have you had a chance to push it around on the table at all as it is not yet. I, ju I just I, I brought up the list there. The, uh, so similar to the the Vickers light tank, I'll also have a Humber armored car. Which so I haven't played with the Vickers before, but I've played with the the armored car before, and um, it's just it, it's a lot better to have those kind of uh, vehicles around where you do have I guess the mobility that the jeeps have, um, but they're a little bit harder to take down and they can do a little bit more damage. 
I used my Jeeps as a sort of pack of three, so they would never really be on their own. They'd be always roaming around as a as a sort of wolf pack, as I, as I like to call them. Um, but this is good. This is going to allow me to be a little bit more um, separate and, and maybe have those vehicles spread out and causing mm-hmm. causing mayhem. Hopefully, somewhere on the on the flanks or, or maybe down the centre, um, depending on, on where where it takes the, takes their fancy. Yeah. And having been on the receiving end of the wolf pack, so to speak, I am glad <laughs> that it's not going to be there. Uh, so uh, maybe if I'm the Gumby, you can, uh, you know, I know you and I have a, a long and storied past of uh, yeah. playing games at events and, uh, you know, throwing hands, so to speak, doing the man dance on the front lawn. So uh, perhaps uh, we'll see how we go without that. Yeah, I, I'd be, I, I would like to say I'm up to that challenge, Brad, <laughs> but based on the, the win to loss ratio, I'd, prob- I'd probably rather not. Again, I'm usually clawing my way uh, to uh, a, a very thin margin victory in those games. So let's not make it sound like yeah. I'm blowing you away, man. Um, <laughs> let, moving on from that, is there anything that you think that people might wonder as a player looking at this event? Um, anything that you would want to know behind maybe the tournament organizer's thoughts or why something happened? Now is your chance. What do you think? Listen, I think, um, you know, the, the, the tournaments that, that I've been to, um, I, I think I've been to six or seven now, and they, they've, all, they've, all been, um, they've all been really simple formats to get into as a, as a relatively new player. The, uh, the the community of people and players is is really um, good as well. There's a really good sort of camaraderie between everyone in terms of you know how's everyone um, c- you know constructing their armies, who's bringing what force, who's you know who's sharing painting techniques, who is good to play against because it's really good fun. Um, there's a like there's, there's a there's a guy um, uh, Byron. I've I've met him um, I've met him at, a, at one of your tournaments last year and. Like still to this day, he's been like one of the best people I've played against because we took it seriously, but we also had a you know a really good laugh. So I, I think that um, tournament wise, there's there's nothing that you that, that is in your player pack that makes um, that leaves any sort of unanswered questions. But I do think that as a as a, a, a veteran player yourself and as a tournament organizer, I do think you have a, a unique position where you actually might be able to, to share some tidbits of information or strategy with new players that they could maybe focus on um, over the over their first few games um, and try to see if that's a tactic that they can employ to to improve their, their chances of a more successful game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna handball it back to you, Brad, and see if we can get some pearls of wisdom from you. Well let me go with my experiences from the weekend as a guide because I played a gross amount of bolt action over the last three years preparing uh, and drafting the Bolt Action Alliance 2023 mission pack. Yeah. Uh, In doing so, I had played a lot of (laughs) bolt action and um, I sent it off to be published going on three months ago. And it it was published. Uh, it, it came back. We set a date. We published it and shared it with the community. And it's done very well. But that was three months ago. And since that time, I've been playing a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol and Sword Weirdos. And uh, I played a game of Warhammer 40,000. 
Uh, I've been p- pushing around uh, some of the new seven TV stuff. There's a lot of games I've been playing. The game I haven't been playing has been bolt action. So it was really nice to sit down with Mark and to play. One of the people I've been playing Marvel crisis protocol is the, was the head of one of my old clubs in Melbourne for Warhammer 40,000 Dave Atkins, who is an astonishingly good player. And he and I used to, our whole club used to line up uh, and start playing games. And then we would question each other throughout the games and say, why are you doing that? What's going on here? And then sometimes we would re-rack it and say, okay, that was cool. Let's try that again. Start over again and bring it back to the beginning. It wasn't so much the playing of the game as it was the mechanical, how does this, how can we get there? Other times we would be halfway through a game and, you know, one of us would say, I can't, I can't see my way out. And the other player or a player who's watching would say, cool, I'll step in. And you would trade and then you would try to win or you would talk with your opponent. Cool. I'm in this conundrum. How do I get out of this? And they can talk you through it again. It's not about winning. It's about being a better player. And I've been playing games like that a little bit with Dave at the moment. We're still getting our sea legs, but it's been wonderful to play like that again. And when I was playing with Mark, he wanted to have that kind of experience with bolt action. And unfortunately, I'm a little rusty. So I don't know if I gave him all of what he was looking for, but in the game, I was very transparent about the mistakes I was making as I was making them. And that led to some really good conversation over the course of the game. The game took us four hours to play, but we were talking bolt action the whole time. And there was a little lunch break. So it was a lot of learning moments, a lot of discussion of what works, what doesn't work. Why didn't that work? What are you going to do here? Why would you do that? And having those kinds of games are excellent when you're learning to play, not saying that Mark's learning to play just if you are looking to upskill your games, because if you take the winning out of it and you just get down to the mechanics of it, it will help you to better play the game, to understand the game you're playing and to, to not only understand what your units will do on the tabletop, but also to understand um, maybe why your opponents are doing certain things and to look for them. One of the big things that I would say And one of the big things I would encourage players to think about, particularly with a game like Bolt Action, where it's it's not just alternating activations. It's not you go, I go. It's pulling the order dice from the bag. It really is a game of prioritizing threats. So often when I see players playing, they will immediately, you know, you attack them with something and they'll, they'll immediately attack back. Whereas by doing so, they're ignoring something else on another side of the board that hasn't gone yet and is a much bigger threat for that turn. Sure, you can reach out and hit the thing that just gave you a black eye, but do it after all of the other threats for that turn are dealt with and you have time to consider how to best deal with it. Does that make sense, Dave? Yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's probably the biggest lesson that I had in uh, in in the first um, few games that I was playing. And in fact, it's very easy to fall back into that trap again, where where you just want mm-hmm. to re- you want to retaliate instead of going, okay, 
I now don't have to worry about that unit. It's already done its damage. So I'll take care of that whenever I've dealt with these other priorities elsewhere in the board. Um, and I think if I can add to that as well, it nearly falls into that territory of the other golden rule that I've kind of found out, um, not just in Bolt, actually in, in, a, in a lot of um, games, which new players to tabletop gaming may be a little bit, um, uh, you know, they may be a bit faster or they may be a bit slower than, than, uh, than me to pick this up, but to play what the objectives are, not to not to just go in there and uh, try to recreate some sort of bloody battle where you're just shooting each other mindlessly. What What is the actual goal of the game? The goal is of this particular game is to get these three objectives. Well, then spend your time trying to get the three objectives or, or, or executing a plan to get the, the objectives. Don't just try and kill the other person and hope that, that you just happen to be closest to that objective by the end of it. So, yeah, I think uh, you, you're exactly right. That That's, that's one of the biggest um rules uh if not the biggest uh, rule to get your head around is is that it's it's not it's about prioritizing when and where you activate your your units also knowing when as the as was it kenny rogers said know when to hold them know when to fold them know when to run oh yeah uh when when do you activate yeah when, or sorry when you activate when do you advance when do you rally and when do you go down knowing yeah. that in bolt action, sometimes remembering that when people are shooting at you or about to shoot you, or if you need to maneuver into a particularly vulnerable position, maybe next to an objective, remember you can go down. Someone shoots you. And again, yeah. that's something that veteran players say, of course, why wouldn't you do that? The minus two to hit is such a big factor, particularly if there's even light cover involved or you know any sort of pins on the other unit. So if you want to make your unit go down, depending on what is shooting at you and where they are, that can be a very valuable tool in keeping that unit alive. And a lot of players say, oh, I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down because then I can't do anything back to you. Yeah, but if they're dead, they're not going to do anything to anyone, are they? So it, it's knowing when to go down. Also, when do you rally exactly when do you try and activate and move and shoot so lee avery our good friend um the coteo always says the lee avery rule is three pins rally anything less than that you have to think about it um i have been playing using that a lot more recently and i happen to think that's a very good rule of thumb However, there were a few moments in the game where I had three pins and I desperately needed to move and I risked it. And in some cases it paid off, in some cases it didn't. So it depends on what sort of consistency you want, I think. But those are other ones to think about. Uh, again, those are really basic. That's not that's not high level bolt action there. Yeah. Um, but it's something to think about as you are playing. Dave, would you agree? Yeah, and I think um, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast and is maybe uh, not a hugely um, you know experienced player, they they will they will value that that information if they're about to go into a few games, and that's something that you can definitely try out in your first few games to make um, your uh, your experience a little bit more tactical and a little bit more strategic for sure. Now, Dave, you said earlier that you had questions. Now we've hit a lot of things back and forth tonight. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you wanted to talk about? Yes, there is one one more thing, Brad. Um, so, I mean, you'll probably expand on on this, but 
you've obviously come up with some some pretty uh, funky new uh, missions. Um, two of them uh, we will have um, being played at the next event. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to play test one of them with you, which was um, pincer movement, um, which is a really cool way of somebody being in the center of the table on one side, and then somebody being on both corners of the other side of the table, and, and that kind of pin forcing that pincer movement um, startup, which which I find awesome. I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you can talk about um, you know how how you think these will play out for um, people who attend your your event. But I wanted to ask you, where do you get your where do you get your ideas from um, when it comes to creating these kind of missions? Is it from movies? Is it from reading historical books? Is it from other game systems? Is it just you know you just play around and see see what what kind of naturally manifests when you're thinking of of ideas? How, how do you come up with them? Uh, the 2023 pack came as an evolution of a lot of the missions from the 2020 pack. The original 2020 pack, I was a long time Warhammer 40,000 player. I played it super competitively for a long time. Uh, I am way retired and non-competitive these days. However, I enjoy a mission that is fair for both players and has a symmetry to it um, so that both players have an equal opportunity to win the game. Whether you're playing casually, whether you're playing competitively, that shouldn't matter, in my opinion, if it's a good mission. I want to have a good time playing the game, and I kept that in mind when I was writing most of the ori original missions. Now, why did I bring up 40K? If you look carefully at some of the missions in the original Bolt Action 2016, which turned into the 2020 Bolt Action Alliance Mission Pack, those missions some of the deployments of those very closely resemble those that you might see from third edition or fourth edition Warhammer 40,000. And I rejigged the deployment, the, um, the, the objective where they sit on the board and the victory conditions to set those. And they were originally missions written to be played um, with friends here because we wanted to have fair, fun games. And so, you know, we were tired of playing the same six rulebook missions from version one over and over and over again. So this was a chance to do something different. When it came to the 2023 pack, a lot of those missions really did come down to looking at the 2020 pack and using the feedback. For example, Supply Drop is a combination of Heartbreak Ridge and Kitty Hawk Down, the most loved and the most hated mission from the original pack. But it, it smoothed out the problems from Kitty Hawk Down, and it included the elements that people said that they really liked about Heartbreak Ridge. So it, a lot of the feedback went into those missions. So that was where a lot of the, the initial ideas came from. Um, moving beyond that, a couple of them were fun ideas. Um, I was playing uh, Star Wars bolt action with uh, Lee Avery, uh, who's the other TO. Um, and we were playing a mission that I jokingly called Utini. And there was six Jawas across or five Jawas across the table. And over the course of the game, they ran around randomly every turn and you had to go get them. Uh, if you look at an order dice, there's an arrow at the top. So it's great for random movement. 
So we were rolling an order dice and a D6 and each turn we were moving them. And then we were moving around the table, trying to grab the Jawas and then get off the table. It was a, it was a fun game. We played it at Christmas time last year. It was a blast. Um, I think we had a couple of adult beverages, but that turned into the capturing of the spy or the assets in this mission pack because I thought that would be a fun mission to add. And that became one of the additional missions later on. But a lot of the deployment zones were things that I hadn't done in the other one, but I wanted to do something different. And so I looked at other, a few other game systems or I just played with them and said, okay, I'll, what if there's fewer objectives here? What if there's more objectives there? What if they move in a place that forces players to move? Because almost every one of the missions is designed to have players move on the tabletop so you're not just sitting in one place. Um, I find static games to be incredibly boring, which is why the mission pack for this event also encourages players in each round to have at least two units of their army in their opponent's deployment zone. Again, it's to encourage players to move forward. The more you move forward, the more interaction there is, the more game that gets played, the more fun there is, in my opinion. So um, there's that. And um, in some of the cases, Pennies from Heaven was literally just the name of a Louis Prima song. Louis Prima, famous New Orleans musician. And it's a nod to New Orleans, a city that I know and love. I lived in for many years and was the home of the Higgins boat, the landing craft on D-Day. It is now the home of the National World War II Museum. So I wanted to have a little nod to that in this pack. And so that was in there. So there's a little bit of music. There's a little bit of history. Um, there's a lot of the mechanics of how are we going to get players to interact and move around on the tabletop. And that includes starting points and endpoints, as in where do you put objectives. And so, yeah. Does that answer your question? That does. Yeah, that's awesome. It's good to see um, a, a little bit of a snapshot of the, the mind of, of Brad and, and how he came up with, <laughs> with, it, with the different missions. I, I, I really love the fact that you've tied it into... Um, to somewhere like New Orleans and, and that um, that kind of historical aspect of, of the war as well, which is um, which I, I, again is a really important aspect of this particular game system. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the other pack, nuts, of course, is the famous response when the Germans asked the Americans to surrender at Bastogne. Um, the one response by the Americans on Christmas was nuts. So that's why that is there as well. I thought that was a wonderful moment that I would like, I, I wanted to make a reference to. I do want to not forget to mention a couple of things, Dave. Um, as this event is coming up on the 29th of this month, October, uh, it is at House of War outside of Melbourne. It is uh, an easy train ride from Melbourne if you're commuting to Melbourne for this event, um, or you happen to be coming for another reason, as I know one of our players is. Uh, it is also, it is in Ringwood, so it is uh, an easy drive if you are around Melbourne and you happen to have a car. It is a Sunday, as I said. Um, we are beginning earlier than usual. Uh, we will be let in at 9.30, which is when registration is. Tables will be set up the night before, so we will get right into the games right away. Uh, and then we will play three games over the course of the day. We will have three trophies at the end of the day. We will have one for best allied, one for best axis, and one for best painted. Uh, we will also have lots of prizes that we will be handing out. Some of those will be from the venue. That's House of War. 
Uh, we are sponsored proudly by Warlord Games and War and Peace Games. Again, those guys are just the best, uh, both Warlord for supporting us from all the way in the UK and War and Peace Games for being the local distributor of Warlord Games. Uh, I ordered from them this week and uh, they uh, their things have already arrived. I, I'm a huge fan of War and Peace. They're always so kind, so knowledgeable, and uh, they are just such massive supporters of every event that we have here in Victoria and around Australia. So uh, if you are looking for anything bolt action related and you don't want to wait a million years for shipping, uh, which is one of my big problems uh, as I am impatient and I want it now, I always call uh, Ian and Sean at War and Peace Games and they give me what I need really quickly. So uh, yeah, big fan, big fan. Uh, Dave, anything else that you think players should know for this event? Um, I don't think so. Just to, you know, just come for 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 a for a fun fun event. They they, they always have been. Every, every single event that I've been to, that you've been um, tournament organizer for, has been good fun. It's been a really good atmosphere. And uh, if anyone hasn't um, signed up to it, get 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 in quickly before um, spots disappear if they haven't already. And uh, I will see you there at the event. Hopefully, I'll get the win. Yes, exactly. And um, we have 16 registered players. We have said that 20 is our maximum, I believe, for this event. Although um, the reality is we will be opening up to 22 if we hit 20, but we will not be moving beyond that. We do have the tables. We do have the technology, but the event runs much, much easier at smaller levels. And in the past, we haven't tried to make Operation Bear and some other big uh, local events as big as possible. We are more looking to have a good time. We're more looking to provide a, a fun, intimate gaming experience for our players, which is why we are asking players to turn in lists that are you know reasonably, reasonably balanced. Um, we want players to play well. We want players to have fun playing, but we don't want players to have fun playing at the expense of their opponent. So good sportsmanship and uh, just good gameplay are what we have high expectation for for this event. If you are new, please come along. Um, if you have never played bolt action, we always have new players and we always have players who are happy to show you the ropes. No, they're not just there to noob stomp you. Um, it is a game that's very easy to pick up, but it's also a game that can be tricky to master. Um, we've talked through a couple of the the little talking points tonight that might help you if you're new to the game. Uh, but if you want to come, we can always um, ha you know have you face the Gumby in round one or one of the tournament organizers, and we can talk you through the game. Uh, and if you think, man, I really do want to try this, but I there's just no way either I can get the army and build it in time or I'll get my stuff painted, please contact us. Reach out to the tournament organizers, Lee Avery or myself. Um, you can do that by going to the Facebook uh, event for this page, Operation Bear 2023. If you message that page, um, or if you look at the email address associated in that player pack, we have loaner armies that we can loan you. We would love to have you there, uh, and we would love to be playing some fun bolt action with you. Dave, it is always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you so much for helping uh, helping me to talk about Operation Bear and uh, just talk bolt action in general, man. It's been a real pleasure. 
Yeah, absolutely, Brad. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I do love um, having a chat with you and having a chat with you about bold action. And hopefully you and I will get a game in soon at some point, if not at the event. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you are in Melbourne, I do hope that you will take the time, if you are not able to play, to at least come by and hang out, say hi, uh, and uh, broaden the Bolt Action community in Melbourne. Ladies and gentlemen, as our good buddy Casey always says, when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.